Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 it's arthur idala on am 970 the answer this is the arthur idala power hour with quintessential new yorker attorney arthur idala new york's go-to lawyer He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Filling in for Arthur Idala today is executive producer of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, Joan Pelzer. Well, we are here on a Friday afternoon, which is absolutely gorgeous, and we have a packed house. We are downtown, 111 Broadway, in the studio with Sam Bellino. Hey, hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday. You cut your hair. I did not. I just, I, it's actually growing long. I gelled it. That means it's too much gelled high maintenance. It. You gelled Time it. You're to get extremely back to the high barber. maintenance. And on the other side, we have the best redhead I've ever met, Joey Sabilia. Oh, how are you, Jonas? Nice to see you. I'm doing very well. We had quite a week, didn't we, Joe? Yes, we did. It's been a busy week on the Joe Piscopo Show, and it's been a busy week here at the Arthur Idala Power Hour. You've done an excellent job producing. And was Arthur on the Piscopo Show this week, Joe? He was. I, I think he was he on was Monday, right? Before he left. Uh, see, this is how much of a days I'm thank in. You for I, I telling can't even me. think back. Oh, right, Matt? Goodness. <laughs> You'll never exactly. let me live this down. Well, thank you for always being so kind to allow me to participate in this show. I love show. when you participate. I stuck around. I just like here. to know it, don't I? I, I, I? Yes, you do. I stuck around all day just to see you, you and did. your fabulous guest you And I am so excited that we have a guest co host with me in the studio today with quite a dapper blue suit on and a lovely little pin. We have the Honorable Judge George. George Grasso. Great to be with you, Joan. And again, happy Friday. I am so honored to have you here. We have had you on Arthur's show, and we've had you on Imran's show, which plays on Saturdays on our sister network, The Mission, AM 570, The Mission. And we did a whole profile. And guess what? We're going to air that show tomorrow so that folks can really get to know who you are. And that was a great two-hour show. I I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, we really got in-depth into uh, some very serious issues, and uh, I give you and Imran uh, kudos for doing such a great job with it. I really do. It's fantastic. So I want to formally introduce who you are because I I can't always do it justice with just mere words. I have to use specific words. So ready? Judge George Grasso is a candidate for Queens DA District Attorney, former NYPD First Deputy Police Commissioner, and Administrative Judge of Queens Supreme Court criminal term. That's quite a background. And that's only a little piece of it. Guilty. Guilty. Well, (laughs) you and I have had this conversation many times talking about crime. I want to introduce three other people that are right now in our studio. The one on my left is Natalie Reisman or Reisman? Reisman. 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 It's great to be here. I'm Judge Grasso's campaign manager for his campaign for Queens District Attorney. Thank you for having me, Joan. It's fantastic to finally meet you in person. And I know you all are here because you had a rally today at City Hall. And we have two more guests in studio. One kind of looks a little bit like you, Judge Grasso. I'm Vinnie Grasso, George's brother. And this is my wife, Elizabeth Grasso, right next to me. So what made you decide to come in with Judge Grasso today? I do whatever I can to help him with the campaign because it's very important that he's making this movement and he's making Queens a safer place. And what was this rally like today, Judge? Well, it was really, uh, I I couldn't be more pleased with it. It, There was a specific... Uh, focus and highlight to it, and that's victims' rights. Because as you know uh, from the time I spent with you you, you and Imran, and firsthand, and also myself, as I discussed with you and Imran, 
you know, we've got to think about victims mm-hmm. when we are dealing with serious public policy issues involving the criminal justice system. And I basically feel over the last several years in New York, starting with the so-called criminal reform legislation package in Which 2019. Is horrible, isn't th- it? That, that victims and their families and their rights have been thrown under the bus. So the purpose of today's rally, I, I had the up and press conference. Uh, at I, City Hall, no at, less. At City Hall, uh, because the theme of my campaign is NYC's recovery starts in Queens. This is much larger than Queens. This is to get our entire city back on track. And we can't get our criminal justice system back on track and our city unless we give victims the proper respect and focus. So I was very honored to have two individuals who we will get to talk to on the show shortly. And I'm very, I'm very honored to have two major victim rights advocates, Jennifer Harrison and Madeline Brame, supporting me today publicly. So we have two special guests. We have your brother, Vinny, and your sister-in-law, Elizabeth, and they're supporting you. You and I have talked about crime. We've both You've almost been a victim with a recent incident, which we'll talk about later. I was a victim of an assault by a homeless person on a train. And I wanted to throw it to your brother and sister-in-law. What about crime is important to you, especially in Queens? Well, I would like to be able to go on a subway and not look behind my back and feel comfortable. I would like to just walk down the street and not have to worry about being attacked or being mugged. Scary, uh, isn't it, it? it? It's scary, and it's just that when people get in trouble today, they get right out. And when a police officer arrests somebody, the victim is out before the police officer is done with his report, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. out doing it again. Yeah, and it's just like a vicious cycle. It is a vicious that, that's cycle. That's what I feel. I'm see, and I'm scared too, yeah. Elizabeth. How about you? Do I you take the, the subway? Sometimes, not that much, but I just want to feel safe also, be able to walk the streets. Arthur talks about this all the time. Until we make sure that we're safe on our subways, we don't really have our city back. And that's important. Matt, you take the subway, don't you? I do, yes. Alex takes the subway. Joe Sebelius taking a bus home right now. It's you got to feel safe. you got to feel safe. All right, we're going to run to break. When we come back with Judge George Grasso, we've got a very special guest, the police commissioner, Bill Bratton. considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle Financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Okay, folks, exciting news from Connors and Sullivan. We all know that we need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will. We know we need to address our estate plan. And how are you going to do that? Our friends at Connors and Sullivan are going to give you a free seminar and have all of your questions answered by Mike Connors himself. Monday, June 19th at Buckley's Restaurant in Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tuesday, June 20th at DeLuca's Trattoria, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island. 
Island, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Wednesday, June 21st at the Greenhouse Cafe and 3rd Avenue in Brooklyn, New York at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Thursday, June 22nd at Conley's Corner, Grand Avenue in Maspeth, Queens, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Friday, June 23rd at the Adria Hotel, Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. And if you can't make any of these free seminars, call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. 718-238-6500. And as Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Hi-ho, let's go. I'm waiting for it, Matt. You're waiting for what? Hi-ho, let's go. This is really pump-up music, isn't it, Judge Grasso? Absolutely. There you go. Hi-ho. Let's go. And let's go with this amazing segment that we've got. We are so honored to have Judge George Grasso from Queens on the line with us today. And Judge, you brought a special guest. Hi-ho, let's go. Let's go. Is Commissioner Braddon on the line? Hey, George. Good afternoon. Good to be with you and your guests on this uh, radio show. Always great to be with you, Commissioner, and uh, thank you uh, for agreeing to spend some time with us. So today... Well, my compliments, George. I guess, I guess you had a very uh, successful event this morning on the steps of City Hall. Well, uh, we certainly... So I, I applaud that. We, we certainly did. I was with... Uh, Madeline Brame, she's with me now. I was with a retired officer, Bob Sasso, who was a victim of a horrible domestic violent incident in Queens. Jennifer Harrison, uh, Crime Victims New York. And and we were focusing on something that I know uh, has always been uh, near and dear to your your heart, which is uh, making sure we don't forget uh, victims and the rights of victims uh, in the criminal justice system. So what are some thoughts that you might have as to how victims have been treated in um, New York City and, frankly, around the country over the last several years of so-called criminal justice reform, Commissioner? Well, George, as you know, because you're a former New York City police officer yourself, we all start at the bottom in the sense of walking a beat. And a lot of what we were exposed to, particularly in our early years, were the victims, because we were the ones that were called to assist them. Domestic violence, victims of crime, victims of abuse, elder abuse, spousal abuse, child abuse. And it stays with us as we move up the ladder to success, in my case, Commissioner, your case, First Deputy Commissioner, then certainly one of the more distinguished judges here in New York State. And what has been particularly galling to me over these last now four years since uh, Wizards in Albany and the group that uh, basically sit in that chamber at City Council in downtown uh, Manhattan, is that they're forgetting that their basic mission should be the defense and advocacy on the part of victims of crime, not the commit, those that commit the crime. And somehow or another, the world is turned upside down in New York State and New York City, where most of our elected leaders spending their time trying to, in a sense, protect the rights of those who are committing the acts of violence against the weakest in our society. So I applaud your efforts on this charge. That, uh, uh, and the fact that you had City Hall this morning is appropriate, because even though you're running for the position of Queens District Attorney, this is a citywide, statewide, national plague, and something needs to be done about it. But in the case of New York, you as District Attorney would certainly be able to speak and act on behalf of victims. But... In the absence of legislative support in the city council and in Albany, that your work would be that much harder. So uh, taking the fight to where it has to eventually be resolved, I think, was uh, a very good move on your part. And uh, the the people you surrounded yourself with this morning are certainly respected for their advocacy on the part of people like themselves who have been the victims of significant abuse and, and violence. Well, well, thank you, uh, Commissioner. And, and I, one of the, I think we would all be better off if uh, some of the uh, uh, legislative leaders and, and advocates uh, for all of the talk that they give about studies and data uh, spent a little time reading the profession to get not only a historical view, 
but a real-time view of the uh, uh, grievous errors that have been committed. And for those in the audience listening, that's a the most recent book by Commissioner Braddon that not only you know, deal, details your career, Commissioner, but your observations along the way. And, you know, you, you lay it all you lay it all out there. And uh, that's something I'm trying to uh, pick up the baton on. Another thing we were focusing in, in that regard today on, because it certainly is city, state and national issue here. It's not just something uh, uh, limited to Queens is the so-called, what are your views on the so-called criminal justice reform of the reform that Governor Hochul so uh, uh, proudly announced uh, within the last couple of weeks, uh, surrounded by Melinda Katz and other New York City district attorneys, where they did not give judges discretion on dangerousness, and they did not lift a finger to change the discovery laws, which, as you know, since they're they're attached to the uh, speedy trial laws, have led to the unnecessary and unwarranted uh, dismissals of untold numbers of serious felonies. Uh, what's your thoughts on all of that, Commissioner? Well, I, I find it ironic that the DAs would have attended that press conference because they got absolutely nothing out of the uh, past legislative session up in Albany. Uh, they did not get more judicial discretion, which would have been beneficial to the criminal justice system as a whole. Uh, they certainly did not get relief for their problems and what are their problems? They are losing countless assistant district attorneys who can't stand the pressure and the workload of the discovery requirements that were put in place by the Regional Criminal Justice Reform Act, which cannot really be met uh, under the current uh, uh, circumstances. There's not significant additional money there to assist, even if they were able to hire more personnel. And so I don't understand uh, they are applauding what for me was uh, basically nothing. Nothing happened in this past legislative session to improve the criminal justice system in New York State, and unlikely that anything's going to happen uh, in the near future. Uh, the best thing that can happen is the legislature go out of session before they screw it up even more, and then, which is always a worry at the end, end, end of session that as they get into their midnight backroom politics. But no district attorneys that uh, uh, did not fare well by the budget or by uh, any changes in the rules that they have to work under and work with. And in Queens, the area that you're running, you're more familiar with it than I, but I think one of the frustrations in Queens, like the other four offices in the city, is that they're having great difficulty attracting qualified, qualified and aggressive young men and women to the profession of the Office of District Attorney because they understand that they're not being supported, and that they're in many respects just spinning their wheels. And, and the crime rate in Queens is abysmal. I know you stay on top of the most recent Comstat numbers, as I stay for uh, computerized statistics for those in the audience that Commissioner Braddon and his team originally developed, where the police department and the city and anyone who's interested can stay on top of real-time crime data, which is essential. And as I, I follow the numbers week to week, up right up to the, the, re, the most recent data through like May 14th, the 109, which largely covers flushing and has a population of about 300,000, the total index t- to crimes commissioner are like neck and neck almost with the 75 in East New York, Brooklyn, traditionally known as the most uh, uh, violent and crime-ridden precinct in the city. Did you ever think you'd see the day with a 109 and the 75 when neck and neck in crime, Commissioner? The 75, uh, for your listeners, uh, has an unfortunate um, uh, alternative name, the 75 precinct, because of the extraordinarily high murder rates uh, during the 90s, and unfortunately even uh, as crime went down dramatically, still kept uh, up in the top 10 most of the time. It's uh, known as the killing fields. There were so many murders and shootings in that precinct. And so they have a Queens precinct on par with what's going on in that unfortunate part of the city that has always seen too much crime and experienced too much crime uh, is something to be concerned with. The city is uh, understandably in its police department and its mayor uh, uh, points to the fact that this year, homicides and shootings are down versus last year. Uh, but we cannot pop the corks on the champagne just yet, because when you compare it back to 2018, 
2019 when the legislature turned the world upside down. Uh, we are still up by phenomenal double-digit numbers, 30, 40, 50%. Uh, I predicted confidently for 25 years uh, after I left as police commissioner, first time in 96, and then uh, even after I left in 2014, the crime would never go back up in New York City again. Uh, boy, was I proven wrong. And why was I proven wrong? I never took into account the insanity that was created in our city council, the insanity that was created in our legislature in Albany, and, unfortunately, the insanity that was created in a number of our district attorney's offices. The failure to understand that to deal with crime and disorder successfully, you have to deal with both of them at the same time. And how do you deal with them successfully? There has to be a penalty, whether it's a minor crime or a significant crime, that basically the penalty needs to fit the crime. Problem now, uh, shoplifting, no penalty, fair evasion, no penalty, and increasingly in a number of the DA's offices, and George, you can speak to it more eloquently and in more detail about Queens, is that district attorneys are no longer charging a lot of felonies and as they would have in the past. They're short staff. They can't meet the evidentiary requirements, that procurement requirements. So they're having to uh, basically let a lot of cases go by the board. So uh, one of the reasons in some respects that uh, things might appear better is that we're not charging and penalizing and punishing for so much of the crime that's occurring. Effectively, they're waving a magic wand so it magically disappears. And the idea that Rikers, that uh, geniuses in the city council, now want to develop neighborhood councils that will review the sentences of people at Rikers and make a determination uh, and make a conscious determination to reduce those sentences so they can get out of Rikers earlier. If you're a woman who's been battered by your boyfriend time and again, and a significant number of people at Rikers are there for domestic violence offenses, are you going to be happy that once you got finally sentenced there for a period of time and giving you some peace because you know where he is, they're going to let him out early? This is an example of what I'm talking about, this uh, mindless uh, support of the criminal population. And it has to end somewhere, but unfortunately, what's actually going, it's going to end with more victimization. Well, you're 100% right. And, and, I mean, it isn't even appearing better. I mean, in, in the Flushing area, the seven major, you know, the, the murder, rape, robbery, felony assault, grand larceny, grand larceny auto over the last two years is up approximately 120%, 120%. Patrol Borough, Queens North, is up in that same period for the seven index crimes over 63%. It's off the hook. Then you talk about as well, you know, you mentioned fair evasion, the quality of life initiatives that you and I worked on together, and also the fact that we, the street level drug dealing, those prosecutions now, it's unqualified B felony, fentanyl deaths are skyrocketing. And before we wrap up, we go back to the fair evasion because I, I felt what you and I can never talk to you about in these issues without mentioning Jack Maple. What you and Jack Maple brought in when you were the transit chief and you brought him into the NYPD is the focus on the fair evasion and the, and the, and the so-called petty crimes, misdemeanor crimes in the subway system. And, and understanding that when the police department addressed that, warrants would pop and we could make the system safer. So look at the case with Mr. Neely right now. This man was walking around with a felony warrant hanging over his head for punching a 67-year-old fa- woman in her face and breaking her cheekbone. He spent close to a year on Rikers. He was mandated by a judge into a mental health program and come back to court on a regular basis. Within two weeks, he blew off the the mental health program. He blew off court. He had a warrant. According to recent uh, reporting I saw, the police department, well before this incident, encountered him for violating subway rules and never even did a warrant check. What do you think about that, Commissioner? Well, it's an example of, uh, one, because of the policies of DAs not to prosecute uh, or pursue even minor crime like fair evasion, the cops aren't basically uh, um, doing all the things they can do to prevent some of those crimes. Good news is, uh, however, and I'll just quickly close, George, I know you're running up against the clock here, that yesterday's New York Post had three uh, op-ed items. One was the uh, uh, front runner in the Democratic primary in Philadelphia, an African-American woman, 
campaigned on the idea of public safety being her number one priority and that she would bring back stop, question, and frisk, constitutional stop, question, and frisk. A brave move on her part. She was up against four left-wing candidates. She beat all four of them handily and is now favored to win the general election come later this year. In the same newspaper, the uh, uh, Post was applauding the fact that police had increased significantly their arrests and summons activity in the subway dealing with crime and particularly dealing with fare evasion. And uh, what has happened? Crime has gone down as they've increased fare evasion stops with summonses. The idea is you can expect what you inspect. In the same newspaper, however, there was a report on a 31-page report that the department had put together, the police department, that the mayor is urging about what to do with the surging shoplifting plague yes. in the city of New York, yes. which Queens is particularly impacted by. Mm-hmm. And that 31-page report, at the end of it, effectively, they talked about counseling for first-time offenders, talked about building, putting up kiosks in certain stores heavily impacted by shoplifting to basically advise against it. There was no punishment anywhere. They right. did not reference any punishment in a 31-page report. Duh, what's going to happen with shoplifting-type offenses? They're going to keep increasing. Yeah. That if you don't enforce something with some degree of penalty, it's not going to change. So the irony that you had on the one hand, we started enforcing fear evasion, crime was down on the subway. We're doing nothing about shoplifting. It's going to go up. And we're also going to see more assaults. There's a natural escalation, you know, and I do after 40 years yep. of business together, that uh, if you don't take care of the little things, they escalate to big things very quickly. 100%. Thank you, for Commissioner, for spending the time with us on the radio program today. Thank you for your continued support of my efforts to become Queens District Attorney. And when I get elected and I get to confer with you again, we're going to turn the whole city around. We know what to do. I hope to see you again in the not-too-distant future, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Commissioner Bratton, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show and give us this amazing information. Thank you, Judge Grasso, for bringing this in. We're going to take a quick break on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on this Friday afternoon. I can't believe you let me down But the proof's in the way it hurts On end, I've had my doubts, every Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight at 7, it's all about Broadway and that time of year, the Tony Awards and the Drama Desk Awards. Nominations are up and out. Who got nominated for what? We'll talk about it tonight with Christine Nicholas and Kevin McCullough. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Dennis Prager here. Visit the Holy Land with me and inspiration cruises and tours. No other trip will be like it. The Stand with Israel tour. Call 855-565-5519 or visit standwithisraeltour.com. So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. 
My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. And Matt, this is pretty amazing music as usual from DJ Brink. What best. what reason do we have this particular song today? Did you just choose it cuz you love it or is there a significance? Hmm, why did I choose this song today? You trying to figure it out? You know, I don't know why <laughs> I chose the song. Because it's Friday. Because it's wonderful. It's Friday and we need some fun music. And we are honored to have Judge George Grasso sitting across from me in the studio today and we just got some Really interesting information from Commissioner Bratton. That was an amazing interview. Uh, Commissioner Bratton, to me, is the North Star when it comes to criminal justice and public safety issues. And it's such an unnecessary tragedy that we're having in New York across and across the country with, re- with respect to what I call the politically driven crime wave, that the so-called experts and legislative leaders— instead of focusing on left-wing advocates, that they talk to Commissioner Brandon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Commissioner yeah. Brandon has an unparalleled level of success nationally, and he is a humane leader. So the types of things that we discuss today are really foundational as to how we get our city back and how we get our country back before it's too late. And we're talking all about victims' rights as opposed to just perpetrator rights. And I know you have some victims and victim rights advocates with us today. So why don't we go right to our very first one? That's great. Is Jennifer Harrison with us on the line, Jennifer? I am. Thank you for having me, Judge. How are you feeling, Jennifer? I'm feeling a little bit better. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's the allergies. Like, I hope it rains tomorrow really hard and this column just goes away because I can't. I want to poke my eyes out. Well, I can tell you, you were missed today. You were very much missed, but I have Madeline Brame sitting here next to me in the studio and Bob Sasso. And, uh, you know, we spoke of you. Today is a, is a major focus of my campaign, as you know, on victim rights. Thank you very much for your kind and generous endorsement. And one of the things I'd like to go right into with you, because we have limited time today, is I know you're very familiar with the case of uh, Deja Robinson. And today happens, sadly, to be just about uh, one day past the 10th anniversary of her, her, her gruesome death. Today, when I was doing a press conference um, 
in the context of announcing these endorsements, there was a reporter from the Queen's Eagle who, when I discussed one of my focuses as the new DA, is going to be focusing on victims' rights and a clear victims' liaison unit. And this individual said, well, Melinda Katz has that already. And I said, I beg to differ. And could you kind of pick up from there in the context of this case that I just mentioned, this tragic scenario and your knowledge of it? Well, it's horrible. Deja was a 14-year-old girl on her way home from a Sweet 16 and she, when she was shot in the head by gang members. And there were convictions in this case. There were a, a thorough investigation by very competent people. Uh, the, the prosecutors that handled this case were extremely passionate about their jobs and fair prosecutions, and they did an amazing job. And then, you know, uh, uh, about a year ago, Deja's mom, Shadia Sands, who, you know, asked me to speak on her behalf, was notified that there was an investigation into one of the convictions of Shamel Capers. Um, this is based on no evidence. And, you know, the fact that Melinda Katz's office or a reporter claims that they have any kind of victims liaison or um, compassion for victims in that office is a farce because Deja's mom was not kept in the loop at all. Uh, she was lied to by, by Melinda's uh uh, chief of the unit, uh, Bryce Benjit. She he lied to her several times. She has dates, she has proof, she has recordings. You know, this woman has all of the receipts that she needs, and um, they weren't given a chance to participate. There was no hearing. There was just a vacation of the conviction. There's no hearing to question any of the evidence or you know whether this vacation should have happened for a gang member, a, a violent gang member who shot a girl, a 14 year old girl in the head, and it was just horrible the way that they handled it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when we focus on it in the context of what you're laying out, I mean, I think it's important to focus on, like, what what kind of notice, what kind of timeline did uh, Deja Robinson's mother, uh, Miss Sands, get in terms of the direction the DA's office was going? And I think that she was living in Florida at the time, Miss Sands, and the DA's office knew she was living in Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, well, she's in the Carolinas, as I believe, and she does have two other small children. Um, she's not able to travel freely, and she she wasn't given satisfactory notice for her to be able to come up here and participate in anything. In fact, they kind of um, uh, uh, kind of uh, bounced around as to what was actually happening throughout the whole process of this ordeal. Um, and I think they gave her maybe a day or two days notice of when the actual hearing was happening. Well, that sounds totally outrageous. So we have Madeline here now, and I'd like to give Madeline an opportunity to weigh in. And once again, Madeline, thank you for giving me the honor of your endorsement today. And in the context of your personal experience, could you reiterate uh, some of the, the fundamental reasons of why you chose to come out and publicly endorse my campaign today? Um, absolutely. I, I heard you speaking at the um, Queens Village Republican Club meeting one night, and um, I never heard of you before. I never saw you before. But what caught me, my attention was that you said that you're, you are a lifelong Democrat. However, the way that you were speaking and the way that you were coming across from your heart, all right, um, you were a law and order guy, and that you were going to be tough on crime, tough love on crime. You would have been, you, you're going to be compassionate, but you're also going to make sure that victims and offenders get what they need, all right? It's not all about just locking people up, all right? Um, I believe that you will believe in treatment where necessary. You will believe in intervention and prevention where necessary, but you'll also lock them up if they kill people, if they, you know, for a homicide. So that that's why. Well, I appreciate that. that. That's what got me. Especially in the context of the uh, horrific scenario in, involving your son. And unfortunately, the types of problems that Jennifer just laid out in Queens is not limited, is not just limited to Queens. And we're on a very tight timeline, but mm -hmm. can you give us a very tight snapshot of the type of 
input and feedback that you got from the New York County District Attorney's Office before they seriously downgraded charges against individuals accused of a horrific gang attack and murder of your son? Well, I tell you, you know, um, myself and uh, my daughter-in-law, my grandchildren, um, even the memory of my son, right, a Afghanistan war retired veteran, a received and returned enemy fire on the Taliban. We were treated by gar- like garbage by um, that Manhattan district attorney's office. You know, before Alvin Bragg took over, um, we, we had veteran just ADAs and uh, uh, a strong prosecutor, strong trial-ready case. As soon as he took over and that case was handed to him, that case immediately began to unravel, all right? Um, None of the circumstances of the case had changed. However, the only thing that did change was our bail reform law uh, and the prosecutor. That's what changed, you know? Um, So here I sit today with uh, two people um, who were responsible for the murder of my son walking free in the street. Um, Gang assault and murder indictments completely dismissed. The entire incident captured on video. If it hadn't been for these two people, at least my son would have been able to defend himself. But he was gang assaulted. What a tragic scenario. I'm sorry to hear that. And on that, you know, horrible note, I think, unfortunately... uh, It's an honor to meet you today, Madeline Bream. This is horrible. This is just hearing Jennifer and then hearing Madeline. And I just want to give a little background. Jennifer Harrison is the founder of Victim Rights. New York has been advocating for crime victims and their families ever since the killing of her boyfriend, Kevin Davis, in 2005. Madeline Brame, New York State Chairwoman of the Victims' Rights Reform Council, has been a fierce advocate for crime victims and their families ever since the killing of her son, Sergeant Jason Carrera, in 2018. So I'm, I'm so, did I pronounce his name correctly? Sergeant Hassan Korea. Hassan Korea. Yes. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. I said that name exactly wrong, and I apologize for that because we want to honor who these people were. Mm -hmm. And thank you for the work you're doing, and thank you, Judge Grasso, for bringing light to the victims. If I can just interject for one second, I'm sorry, I don't know how much time we have, but, you know, there have been a lot of victims that have come before myself and Madeline that have fought hard and long, some of them for 40 years that buried their children, for victims to have rights in situations like this. And, you know, uh, people like Melinda Katz and Alvin Bragg have just completely disregarded the rights that they have fought for. And that's why we need people like Judge Grasso in office to restore the rights to victims. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you a lot to me. And I hope you and feel better you, soon. thank you, Judge Grasso. Thank you for participating. We're going to take a quick break on thank the Arthur Idala Power Grasso. Hour thank on you, AM Madeline. 970. We will be right back with another guest. Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has transformed medicine. Many conditions that once required major surgery can now be treated with procedures that are far less invasive and often far more effective. Are you aware of these alternatives? Join Dr. Dan Simon for All Things Health, where he discusses cutting-edge medical advances that are providing alternatives to traditional surgery. Dr. Simon is an experienced interventional radiologist who has helped thousands of patients experience dramatic improvements, all without traditional surgery. Dr. Simon will explain latest medical breakthroughs so you can be fully aware of your options listen to all things health on am 970 the answer on sundays and saturdays on am 570 and 102.3 fm the mission wmca have questions call dr simon at 1-844-534-3621 or visit allthingshealth.ai or listen to all things health on am 970 the answer on sundays and am 570 102.3 fm the mission wmca on saturdays to learn more visit allthingshealth.ai Folks, have you heard that our morning host Joe Piscopo and Steve Perillo have put together a special intimate trip to Rome and Sicily for our AM970 listeners? Do you want to go? It's simple. Just call 800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, and say, I want to go to Apollonia's hometown with Joey P. Please make it happen. How does that sound? You go to Rome for three nights, including a special intimate performance by Joe Piscopo. Then you fly directly to Sicily, visiting Catania, Taromina, and Palermo. See medieval towns like Savoca and Forza de Agro in Messina. Why these towns? Because we're going to visit some of the iconic sites from the famous Godfather movie. How cool is that? 
can't leave Sicily until you have a wine tasting in the shadow of Mount Etna. You'll do that too. And then on to Palermo for three more nights. Nine nights in all. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Be a part of this special event. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Or go to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. And we're back. The final segment on a Friday afternoon of a very packed week. And this is a really cool song from our very own New Yorker, Madonna. Matt, why are we playing this song today? Because today in 1990, Madonna started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. single start with this song, Vogue. And it's one of my favorite songs. And, you know, we're all voguing here in the studio, aren't we, Judge Grasso? Vogue. Let's do it. We're voguing. You look like a voguer, don't you? You look like a voguer. It's also Pete Townsend's uh, The Who. It's his birthday today, so I'm sure Matt will take us out today with a Pete Townsend The Who song. But in the meantime, um, you know, it's a pretty serious show today. We're going to end it on a lighter note later on in the, the last two minutes. But it's been a pretty serious show because victim rights is a serious topic. And we are, have, are honored to have Madeline Bream sitting right next to you, whose son was unfortunately killed in Manhattan. We just spoke to Jennifer Harrison. We had Commissioner Bratton on talking about the state of crime. You're running for DA of Queens on this topic. And we have another honored guest that will join us any minute. So take it away, Judge Grasso. You're doing a great job today. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And Madeline, once again, my gratitude to you. It's an honor and a privilege to have you with me. And I have to tell you, it's not easy. I'm not a newbie to the criminal justice system, but I'm a newbie to the political system, being a, running in a, for a political office. And there's a lot of ups and downs, I have to tell you. And um, having the support of people like you and Jennifer and retired Detective Bob Sasso, who I'm going to speak to in a moment. It's what motivates me and what keeps me going. Thank you. So uh, we have retired detective uh, Robert, a.k.a. Bob Sasso. And uh, Bob, has quite a com- you have quite a compelling story yourself with respect to uh, your personal experience as a uh, victim of domestic violence and uh, how you were treated by the Queens District Attorney's Office since this incident happened in Queens. So can you give uh, our radio audience a little sense of um, what occurred and how that might have impacted why you decided to come out and publicly endorse me today and, and how we met? Well, back in January of 2022, a 30-year-old female former in-law was trying to get into the back door of my private residence. Where did this happen? In Ozone Park, Queens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I opened the door and asked her to go away, and she said she wasn't leaving. I've had instances with her before when I said to her, you have to leave, and she left. So I took out my phone, and I said, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. She smacked the phone out of my hand, onto the floor, and when I leaned over to pick it up, she jumped on my back. She began to beat me in the back and attempted to choke me, put me in a chokehold, but I was able to block it by moving my chin down. We got her off my back, and a family member, a, a friend of a family member came out, and she zapped him with a stun gun. We knocked the stun gun out of her hand, And then she says, I've got a knife and had a switchblade and menaced us both with the switchblade. In the very beginning, when she first knocked the phone out of my hand, she gouged my face. She didn't smack me. She grabbed my face and actually gouged it and left a permanent scar. I just want to mention and interject. You you had at our press conference this morning, you, you blew up a photo and it basically tore apart your cheek. It, it, it left a scar. But I mean, at the time of the incident, there was a big gaping wound. She gouged me, yes. Yes. She gouged yes. me. 
Yes. So, so what did you immediately report this incident to the police? And- the, the police from the 106 came down in the backyard. They locked her up. She was intoxicated at and the time. And just to kind of keep in the timeline, what what was the original charges that the police department put on the complaint report? Uh, the the officers told me they charged her with several felonies and some misdemeanors. What did the DA's office end up doing with the case? They actually at intake reduced all the felony charges to misdemeanors and some of the misdemeanors to violations which aren't even a crime. And did anybody tell you about this as this was happening? That no. they were reducing these charges? No. How was this case ultimately resolved? Actually, the only way I found out, I went to e-courts. Mm-hmm. Online. Online. And I found what the charges were. Nobody informed me. No one in the DA's office no. was keeping you informed. So we've got to wrap it up. Now, this was all under the tenure of D.A. Katz. Okay, I called the D.A.'s office. I spoke to A.D.A. Kong, and she informed me that my former in-law was going to be sent to anger management. Right. And I said, well, that's not her problem. Her problem is drinking, and she, right. she needs to be treated for that. Right. She yelled at me and hung up. Yeah. I spoke to her supervisor, another D.A., and she also yelled at me and hung up. Her name was Victoria Hall Schwartz. So unfortunately, they're running out of time. How did the case end up getting re- resolved? What ended up happening? With Nobody this? ever informed me, but um, my former in-law was seen a couple of months ago coming out of a bar on Hillside Avenue. And when this incident was brought up, she laughed as if it was a joke and said nothing happened. So that's another terrible scenario, and thank you for sharing that. She's with still us. drinking. And I appreciate your support. Thank you so You've much for it. joining us, Bob Sasso. And I'm I'm so sorry to hear this story, and knowing that it was recent, Judge Grasso, that just breaks my heart. And and knowing that this person is still out there, so we're going to follow up with you, and maybe have you back on with Arthur Idala when you have some some more uh, information about the case as it progresses. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I hate to say that we have to wrap this up today because it's been an interesting show talking to these amazing people about what they've been through in their own lives and what you've been through today with regards to City Hall and the rally that you you really focusing on crime. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Joan. And. And author in the Power Hour. Yeah, thank you. For giving you. me the opportunity to get the message out. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you'll come back with Arthur in the future and talk with us again about this. Um, maybe we're maybe just, you can have me and Melinda Katz on together. I would love it. I, I reached out and I would uh, love it. I would appreciate yeah. having both of you M- together Melinda, on the show. I'm publicly challenging you now there to you come go. on live radio. And we did and, reach and out we'll, and, we'll and we will this. make sure that something if like that If you hear happens. me, Melinda, we're ready gonna, to do We're going to go to a happy subject. So I, I just want to talk about something local New York. Out on Long Island this weekend, Smithtown Library Art Group is having an artist reception tomorrow, Saturday the 20th, from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Smithtown Building at 1 North Country Road, Smithtown. You get all sorts of artworks as part of this art group uh, run by Richie Wilkinson, who happens to be my cousin. So I'm shouting out to Richie. If you want more information, smithlib.org, 631 631- Three six zero two four eight zero. We don't have a Padre Lou libation, but Matt and I are going to have some tequila, right, Matt? Yes, we are. We're going to have some tequila. Thank you, Judge George Grasso. Have a great day, everybody. Happy Friday. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.